I just wanted to say, Hal, you know what? I really think you should uh, you should run for mayor there. Hal Anderson. You should run. Yeah. I would vote for Hal. Would you? Hal for mayor. Hal for mayor. Hal for mayor. No. Yeah. You should think. No, I'll stay here. Yeah, you'll stay yeah, here? I'll stay here. Yes, Hal. Yes, Hal. Nice, nice. Hal Anderson on 680 CJOB. Yeah, are you kidding me? I, I just got back. I just got back and, you know, got a gig. I can't leave now, although I do appreciate all your support. Thank you very much. The one guy there was going Hal for mayor. He sounded like he was on his deathbed. Those are the supporters I have out there wanting me to run for mayor. We Listen, we are getting close, right? What are we, October? So what's that? June, July, August, February. Five months away from a, a civic election. Brian Bowman's in and a few other people. And uh, see what happens down at City Hall, I guess. That's obviously going to be covered more and more as we uh, go along here on CJOB. How is your Wednesday? I know, kind of feels like Tuesday, but it's Wednesday because we had that long weekend. But I can't believe we're halfway through the work week already. That's what's really nice about a, a long weekend is that the next week is it just short. It feels short, right? Hey, I got an email uh, or actually a text message from my friend Tracy uh, yesterday over at Earth Dog. And here's what she said. Hey, Hal, you may remember back in January, we had our Project Winter Chill up in uh, Sapotowiak, Cree Nation whereby we delivered 57 dog houses and food to the community. A lot of listeners of mine got involved in that and gave those uh, dog houses and food as gifts. You know, animal lovers uh, said, hey, instead of getting you a present for Christmas, uh, I got you uh, this. You bought a dog house uh, for a dog in need. Anyhow, Tracy goes on to say in her text message, this was a huge success, Hal, thanks to you and your listeners. We're asking for your help again. SAP has been evacuated because of a forest fire. All pet owners were forced to leave their animals behind. There are brave volunteers going into the community to check on the animals, but we require more dog and cat food. If people want, there are drop-off points, and I'll get to the drop-off points in a bit here. We're hoping the fire can be kept away from the community and the animals don't need to be evacuated too, but time will tell. Hal... Hug your Hershey tight tonight, your friend Tracy at Earth Dog. So I got uh, uh, Tracy uh, on the phone, and I said, listen, you got to come on today, and, and we'll talk about this. And there are other fires uh, happening as well, as you heard in the news there, with Savannah Pierce, who is filling in for uh, uh, Tristan Field-Jones, doing the news here on Hal Anderson Afternoons. So Tracy is coming up on the show uh, today, actually very early on here, in less than 10 minutes. We'll talk to Tracy McWhorter, Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba, and how you can help these pets that have been left behind after this fire. Uh, David Daly, he is the president of the Churchill Chamber of Commerce. One year ago today, that rail line washed out to Churchill. Can you believe that's been a year? And I've talked to David several times over the past year, and so we'll talk to him today as we mark the one-year anniversary of that rail line being washed out. And, uh, you know, here we are almost to the end of May and no work is being done on that rail line. I mean, when you think about it, they should have been, obviously they couldn't work on it over the winter, but they should have been on it a month, maybe two months ago, right? What's going on here? We heard from Churchill's mayor yesterday saying that there may be an agreement to sell the line soon, but come on, we've been hearing stuff like that for a long time. 
Also, I want to play back for you some comments from Mark Chipman. Mark Chipman, the executive chairman of True North and the Jets, was on with Mackling and McGarry this morning and uh, had some comments now that the Jets are out of the playoffs and commented about the team, commented about the fans, the passion that the fans have and how blown away they all were over there at uh, True North and the Jets. But uh, my favorite part of the conversation was where he kind of opened up the books, you know. When we lost the Jets the first time around, a lot of it had to do with money, right? And the exchange in the dollar and the salary cap and all that kind of stuff. He actually kind of opened the books today on McLean and McGarry. And I thought that was really interesting. So I want to play that clip for sure. It's coming up at about 1.45, just over half an hour from now. Again, this morning, I wanted to play a couple of clips of this guy yesterday. Uh, again, today, Mackling and McGarry had Rick Erickson on. He's an independent aviation analyst out in Calgary. And WestJet, as you know, uh, there's a bit of a uh, pilot strike, possibility of a pilot strike looming at WestJet. And Rick had some interesting stuff to say. I want to play that for you. Also, Marnie Courage will be on the show today. Safe Living Manitoba, a new service for seniors. I just went through this with my mom. My mom, after many years of, of living at home and, and myself and my sister being worried about her because she was living at home alone, she's moved into a home and she loves it. But she really did want to stay in her home as long as she could. Well, this new service, Marnie's new service, saving uh, Safe Living Manitoba, basically comes into your home and for a fee, and, and it is covered with some uh, pol- uh, insurance policies and stuff, they come in and they basically make your home safe for your elderly mom or your dad or, or, or an aunt or an uncle or whatever. So Marnie will be on at about 2.15. After the news at 2.30, Savannah Pierce will have global news for you at 2.30. And then Terry Shaw joins us, CEO of the Manitoba Trucking Association, the province, talking about shutting down some of these rest stops, some of these rest areas. They've got a petition going uh, for one of them, the uh, only one on the Trans-Canada between Uh, here in the Ontario border, the Pine Grove rest area. And there's a a petition online. A couple hundred people so far have signed that saying, uh, don't shut it down. A lot of people called into Jeff Courier's show uh, before this show saying, uh, no, you know, we need these. And uh, I'll just give you my thoughts, and then by all means, let's hear yours. We elected this government to cut. I think we spent too much money for too long. And while I do see the uh, value in these uh, rest stops, for truckers especially, that's why I wanted to have Terry Shaw on today, do we need to um, spend tax dollars on that? Or are we not capable, of drivers capable of finding a spot where they can pull over safely and take a bit of a break, whether that's at a gas station or or a side road or or whatever. Now, maybe you don't agree with me. A lot of the people that were calling into Jeff Courier's show would not agree with that. But we can't have it. We can't have everything. we got to cut. We've elected a government to cut. They're looking at maybe cutting this. I don't know. What do you think? Maybe you don't agree with me. 204-780-6868. Hal at cjob.com. Terry Shaw, M. Uh, T.A., the Manitoba Trucking Association, joining us after the news at 2.30. And I thought later on in the show, I won't say exactly when, but sometime later on in the show, we're going to give away that Santa Lucia pizza. Got a good tough trivia question today, and uh, we'll give you a chance to win that. All right? 204-780-6868. Later on, the number to call 
when we tell you to and uh, your chance to win that Santa Lucia pizza. All right, so there you go. Some of what is coming up on the show today, but as you know, I've always got all kinds of other stuff that we can talk about. Oh, I know what I, I thought we'd throw it today. Best hot dog in town. Who's got the best hot dog? And I mention it because, of course, I was known around town several years ago as the dog father, right? Because I had hot dog carts. I had actually hot dog carts at all the Rona locations, and we raised money for MS. And it was really cool. It was had a lot of fun doing that. I was always that guy, I want a hot dog cart. And then next thing I know, I had a commissary and 10 carts. And so I, I've, I'm rid of most of my carts now, but I still keep a couple to help out charities and stuff. As you know, we did a bit of that last summer. Well, my buddies, the Walsh brothers, have got resurrected one of my carts, and they've got it out there. And I'll, I'll maybe tell you later where it's at if you want to go and get one of Big Hal's big dogs. But um, I was curious to know, best hot dog. Who's got the best hot dog out there? I uh, drove on the weekend out to Lockport thinking that I would uh, go over to the Half Moon and I sort of uh, drove by Skinner's and went. Half Moon was packed. I would have been there an hour. So I didn't get my hot dog. So I'm thinking maybe on the way home tonight I might, you know, not tell my wife and drive somewhere and grab a hot dog. Who's got the best hot dog in town? 204-780-6868. And uh, later on I may share with you some New hot dog information. Hot dogs very popular this time of the year, of course. All right, 114 coming up on quarter after one. Tracy McWhorter from Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba joins us when we come back. All right, Hal Anderson Afternoons, 118 at CJOB. We'll get to the, the, the great debate over the best hot dog in Winnipeg and Manitoba in just a bit. 204-780-6868. Hal at CJOB.com. Let me update you on the fire situation, and then we're going to talk with Earth Dog here. Uh, Tracy over at Earth Dog. The Canadian Red Cross has ordered the full evacuation now of Little Grand Rapids because of a growing wildfire. The fly-in, fly-out First Nations community is something like 260 kilometers northeast of Winnipeg. 60 people were flown to Winnipeg yesterday. Red Cross now working on getting the other eight, another 800 people out of that community. The fire is also impacting nearby Pangasi First Nation, which is also being evacuated. Meantime, Ashern remains on an evacuation alert as water bombers battle ablaze nearby and fires are also being held at Sapotowayak Cree Nation, which was evacuated yesterday. And that's the fire we want to talk about, the fire that is impacting Sapotowayak. And joining me on the phone now from Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba, it is Tracy McWhorter. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Hal. Hi, thanks a lot for keeping me informed on everything that Earth Dog uh, Rescue of Manitoba is involved in. You guys do great work, and we've talked uh, several times over the past several months. And now you've got a situation with this fire burning. Tell us what's going on. Um, well, if some folks might remember, we had a project back in the winter called Project Winter Chill, where we took 57 dog houses up to Sapotowayak Cree Nation. Um, so along the way, you know, we've made some friends, both uh, human and cat and dog friends, if yeah. you will. And we heard um, on, I guess it was Monday night, that a, a fairly serious forest fire has forced the evacuation of that community. And unfortunately, when that happens, uh, the people are evacuated, but the animals are left behind. 
I couldn't imagine leaving my Hershey behind, having to leave my Hershey behind, but I guess that's just the way it is. So now uh, the animals are there, volunteers are feeding them, and now you need food for those volunteers so they can make sure the pets get fed. Yeah, there's, um, I mean, none of nobody's ever really prepared for something like this, and so when it happened, the volunteers um, who are up in Swan River we're going in, um, they're being escorted in by RCMP and uh, the fire department, etc. But, I mean, they've run out of the food that they had, and they've had to start buying out of their own pockets. Mm. But we're talking about, you know, one counselor, when we asked how many pets were left behind, he said too many to count, you know, so, and that's cats and dogs. So we're really hoping to gather some food donations um, to help, I mean, honestly, to take one worry away from everything else that they're dealing with up there right now. Yeah. If somebody wants to help Tracy, where do they take the food? Uh, well, we've posted on our Facebook page, Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba. Um, there's probably, I would say, 10, 10 or more drop-off points throughout the city that we've listed. All right. And we're hoping to gather until this weekend and then send it up north. And again, that's the Facebook page for Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba. And uh, you don't have a website, really, but you, you do have the Facebook page, I guess, eh? Uh, well, we do have a website as well. It's Earth Dog Terrier Rescue. Um, but all of the, and um, I mean, we will take e-transfers as well to buy food if you indicate that that's what you would like us to do with it. Right. And, um, yeah, I mean, we just want to, I mean, like you said, I can't imagine what they're going through up there. Mm. We received a few messages from people who did have to leave their animals behind, and everybody's very worried. Sure. I mean, obviously, you know, we worry about the humans, and we want to make sure everybody gets out safe, but we can't forget about those animals. So if we're in a situation now where the animals are there and volunteers are going in to feed them, we've got to make sure they get that food. Because like you said, you don't plan for something like this, right, Tracy? Well, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's always, I guess, in the back of your mind, but when it happens, it seems to happen so, so quickly, and one moment there's a fire, and, you know, a couple hours later, you're being ordered to evacuate, and when you're a couple hours away from a store to buy food, Mm -hmm. you know, the last thing that you sometimes can do is, is leave a bag of food outside, so it's, uh, yeah, it's been a really tough, tough go for those folks up there. Yeah. When do you want the donations in by, Tracy? Well, we're hoping to collect until, I would say, the weekend yep. and then get it up there because they are out of food right now and they are buying out of their own pockets, but you can't possibly buy enough to, out of yeah. your own pocket to feed that many. So, you know, there's going to be some hungry dogs and cats up there for sure. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Animal lovers, uh, dog and cat lovers, your help is needed. Again, go to Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba, the Facebook page, or the website. There are locations listed there where you can take food to get the food to these animals that have been left behind. Tracy, thanks a lot, and thank you for everything you do. Thanks, Hal, for all of your support. Tracy McWhorter, Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba. Listen, obviously, uh, when there are fires, uh, we feel for the evacuees and those that may be evacuated. But we can't forget about those animals. I mean, the animals in many cases do get left behind. There are volunteers that go in and will feed them in this case, and now we just need to make sure we get some food. So, again, it's the Facebook page or website for Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba. And uh, as I read that update on the fire situation in the province, we may have other 
uh, areas where the dogs and cats get left behind and the owners get out. So uh, this organization's really a good one. Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba. If you can help out, uh, please drop off some food or uh, uh, give a donation if you can. Uh, we're going to, after the news, after the one thirty news, uh, we're going to talk to the president of the Churchill Chamber of Commerce. One year anniversary since that rail line got washed out. So that's coming up after the news. Quickly, let me see if I can squeeze a quick call in here. Karen's on the line, 204-780-6868. Yes, Karen, you wanted to talk about donations. Go. Yes, I don't have a computer, so how would I know what places I can drop food off at? I'll tell you what, um, hang on the line, and I will get you one or two locations, uh, hopefully in your area, and we'll uh, get you to help them out, okay? Okay, thank you. I'll put you on hold. Yeah, I I realize some of you don't have computers, uh, but again, even if you were to phone Earth Dog Terrier Rescue of Manitoba, you know, even if you've got the old phone book or or uh, call 411 and get the number, I'm sure that they'll make arrangements to get your donation, but I'll take care of uh, uh, Karen off air here. All right, we've got a break. Savannah Pierce is in for Tristan Field-Jones. She has the 130 News next. Hal Anderson Afternoons on CJOB. Well, thank you very much, Ms. Savannah Pierce. Thank you. Uh, it is Hal Anderson Afternoons, 132. Savannah's filling in for Tristan Field-Jones. He is helping Mackling and McGarry produce the show uh, in the mornings while uh, Chantilly Vidal is uh, on holiday. So, we're you know, it's summer, right? Everybody's moving around and covering for everybody. Uh, joining us on the phone now, David Daly. David is the president of the Churchill Chamber of Commerce. Good afternoon, David. Hello. Thank you for doing this. It's the one-year anniversary today of that line, that rail line to Churchill washing out. And uh, we've talked over those months, those 12 months, a few times. And I know you were frustrated every time. I can't imagine how frustrated you must be a year out now. Yeah, you know, uh, still being in limbo is very frustrating. I mean, who would have thought, eh, a year later that... uh the rail line wasn't going to be fixed. Um, you know, the businesses at Churchill, especially, and the residents, all, all of us are are super frustrated that nothing's moved along yet. I can't believe it that we're having this conversation a year later, that a, a community that size, and it's not just Churchill, as you pointed out to me over the year, uh, it's several communities up there, all isolated because nothing's getting done here. What, what are you hearing? What's the latest up there? I, I get the sense that maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel, but you tell me. Well, you know, we've been hearing there's light at the end of the tunnel for a year, you know, so it's it's hard to trust anyone's words anymore. Um, you know, every time that we hear something, we only hear it through the media. You know, no one's really communicating um, with the town of Churchill or any of the other communities until the media gets a hold of it, and then and then we hear about it. So that that's one of the bigger frustrations. Um, we're, we're, we, you know, we... We're sitting here. We have stuff in Winnipeg that we bought last year, especially for my business that we're, you know, been waiting to bring up. You know, another another uh, passenger, fifteen passenger van, and and some ATV equipment and stuff like that. And uh, you know, we we're still waiting. Like, uh, and summer's here. Like, they should have been on this line repairing it a month ago. You're the head of the Chamber of Commerce up there. Talk a bit about that, David. The impact on businesses, including yours up there, which is. Uh, I guess an adventure company, for lack of a better term, but talk about the impact on business. Well, you know, uh, business is uh, way down. I mean, um, even I canvassed the hotels um, the other day. Uh, 
you know, to see how many tourists were booked for the summer. And there's very few tourists that are uh, 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 rooms in the hotels. There's, um, I went to a few of the other businesses like the Churchill Home Hardware and I said, um, what's the plan? You know, are you, um, are you going to um, bring uh, product here on the ship or what's your plan? And they said, well, we don't know what to do because if we bring the product here on the ship and then the rail lines open by the fall, then how am I going to sell my stuff at the exorbitant shipping costs uh, to the point where it's coming on the train? I'm just going to lose more money. So, you know, everyone's in limbo. I, um, you know, I I own a few businesses in town, and you know, um, I've spent three times as much on freight as I normally do. So, you know, it's it, it. We're sitting here. We don't know what to do because we hear there's light at the end of the tunnel. We hear it's close, and then we hear, oh, uh, we haven't even talked yet. And then we hear, you know, so everyone is just sitting here waiting for some good news. You must feel very alone, eh, David? Well, you know, it, it's very frustrating. You know, we, we, we really want the rail line fixed now. You know, uh, all the Bayline communities do. You know, there's even from the Paw to Churchill, there's so many jobs that are, that, that, that are sitting in limbo. Um, there's people that haven't worked in two years that are on social assistance. There's people, we've lost 40 children in our school here due to families moving away, and there's more families moving away this summer uh, with with the frustration that they think that the rail line's not going to be fixed this year, and why stay? So, you know, we, you know we're, we're losing teachers' jobs. We're losing everything. Like, um, we really need to get this sorted out as quickly as we can. Every day now is a lost day to repair this line, to get a freight train coming, and to get... Um, uh, the via train back so that we can get a, you know, our, our, our travel back for our affordability and our accessibility to this community. Well, David, your mayor up there in Churchill told us yesterday that a deal could happen soon to sail a rail line. I, I hope that's the case. I, I really feel for you guys. I know you being up there, it, it may not feel like it, but the rest of Manitoba and certainly us here in Winnipeg are thinking about you and and can't believe that this has continued for a year and just really hope this resolves itself quickly. Yeah, so thank you for, you know, for all the well wishes from everyone down there. You know, we're we're a tough breed up here. You know, we're going to persevere and we're going to and we're going to get through, but you know, it would be nice to you know, it would be nice to see um, the federal government step in and say enough of this nonsense with Omnitrax and just get this deal done and and let's move on. That would be your choice, eh, as to how to resolve this? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, if someone breaks a contract with me and they, uh, and, and they're doing a job for me, well then, uh, I, I fire them and I, and I get another contractor to do it. Move along. You know, yeah. You know, Omnitrax had a contract with the federal government of Canada. They didn't live up to their contract. And, um, taking them to court could take 10 years. You know, let's get yeah. this deal done. Hey, David, can we end on a high note here? Can we talk a bit about your company, what it does up there, and uh, other tourist opportunities for people that might be listening and, and hopefully they consider Churchill this summer? Yeah, you know, um, up here in Churchill, of course, it's a sea world in the wild, you know, if it, especially if you come in the summer. You know, we have polar bears lounging around on the rocks. We have thousands of beluga whales in the Churchill River estuary having their babies and molting on the rocks. We have 600 different species of birds that nest here. We have uh, 
we're the best uh, place in the in the world for northern lights viewing. You know, we've we've really picked up that market in the last couple of years. We had our busiest northern light season this winter ever, which was awesome. And um, we, um, my company does uh, dog sledding and northern lights viewing up here, and and uh, we, uh, you know, we're, we we see people from all over the world. You know, we want to see everyone back here participating in. Uh, in this great country of Manitoba or this great province of Manitoba, you know, where we have, you know, we're on the edge of the Arctic and we have the best wildlife viewing in the world. David, you're in Manitoba, you're in Canada, and uh, I am really ashamed at the way you've been left alone up there with this for a whole year. It's not right. Yeah, well, you know what, uh, let's, uh, just when we thought that, uh, you know, it couldn't get any worse, you know, uh, our local bakery just burned down as well and, uh, uh, you know, we had a huge fire here, but uh, I was over visiting with the De Silva's the other day, and uh, you know, we're looking forward to them rebuilding and to and to you know having our bakery back would be awesome. And uh, uh, let's hope that um, you know that that the federal government gets their stuff together and Omnitrax decides to play ball fairly, and let's get let's get moving. David, I've said it to you many times over the past year. All the best. We're thinking about you. Thank you very much. David Daly is the president of the Churchill Chamber of Commerce. One year ago today, that rail line washed out. And Bill just texted me at 204-780-6868. Hey, Hal, Bill on the tractor here. I'm also an ex-railroader, and I know that this is the time of year that that rail bed needs to be repaired because it is super dry. This is the perfect year, but they need to get at it now. Thank you, Bill, for the text message, 204-780-6868. You can call that number as well. My inbox always open. I love your emails, hal at cjob.com. You know, I don't know what the answer is. And as soon as, you know, lawsuits start getting filed and everybody, you know, hunkers down and they get in for a, a long fight, but then we have to remember these Manitobans, these are members of our, you know, citizens of our province, and they're Canadian citizens, up there, and it's not just the thousand or so people in Churchill. It's it's all those communities up there, and they're being forgotten, and it's just wrong. It's I don't understand it. I mean, I understand it. I understand when you know uh, lawsuits and stuff get tossed around, but come on, uh, there has to be a way to help these people. I, I just uh, I, I don't uh, get it. I I just don't understand. Uh, as David said, at some point. You know, wouldn't you expect the federal government to go, okay, uh, Omnitrax, we can't count on you. We're going to go in and and we're going to deal with this because we have Canadian citizens, residents of Manitoba, that are counting on us. Isn't that what government's supposed to do? You know, or part of what they're supposed to do? 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com. Uh, Sarah, text message here. If it doesn't already, the Journey to Churchill exhibit at the zoo should donate funds to help them up there. I'm not saying uh, they can solve the problem, but something to help. Yep, they need some help. I think after a year, they've been patient enough. They have waited and waited and waited, and I think it's time to try and do something for these people up there. Jeff is on the phone, 204 780 6868. Jeff, what did you want to say about that Churchill rail line? Hell, you're a very smart man. 
but nobody's thinking about this as big corporations. They closed the port. There's no money, no money for a railway to go up there anymore. There's just, there's what for? To take that little bit up there? Who's going to invest that kind of money? If they opened the port again, it was a huge port. I've been there. But they closed the port. There's no 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 big investor is going to want to have anything to do with it. Well, then, no money. But but listen, listen, Jeff. I understand. I agree. There needs to be a bigger plan for Churchill and Airy up there. I, I agree completely. But come on, it's a rail line. If we if we have people living up there, we have to take care of those people. We've got to figure something out. I mean, it's a this is a rail line. It can get fixed. How we got people living all over the northern province, all over. The only reason the rail line ever went there and why the Churchill ever became what it became was because of the port. I understand the that, but grain. I understand that, but, Jeff. But, I understand but, that. But, but, but we still but need to make the, sure these people get food. And this is a great tour. We have to look at this as an opportunity, not as a, oh, damn, we got to spend some more money on this part of the province. He just rattled off all the great things that happen up there. Tourists love going up there, but they have to get a way to get up there. A lot of them, they fly in. You, yeah, you but know that's an that's an extra that's an extra cost. I really don't want to get into a big debate about it, Jeff. No, You're right. No. It, the port used to be more, and I think we should look at maybe going back to some of that. But I think short term, we just got to get a rail line for these people. I, I that's what I think. But we we don't have to agree, Jeff. That's uh, if we all agreed on everything, it'd be boring. But thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Roger. What did you want to say about it, Roger? Yeah, well, Jeff, I disagree. You know what? We're not a third world country. No. Yeah, and yeah. that's how they're being—that's how they're being portrayed up there. They're third world people. I mean, uh, you know what? Originally, it was—it was a port city. It isn't now, but people are still living there, and that's the only way to get up there. So, what's what's Jeff's solution? To take anybody out of there? Yeah. Well, and I think even listen, even if it doesn't become the port uh, community that it once was, there are great opportunities up there for the entire province of Manitoba, right? As a tourist destination, surely we can afford to fix a stupid rail line and help these you people out. This Trudeau government, you know, they talk to the talk, and when it comes to walk to walk, they don't. They don't care. They mm. just don't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and I uh, listen. I understand when lawsuits start getting filed and stuff. But when one side uh, is is not budging, then I think the government has a responsibility to to figure a plan out and try and do something. Thanks for the call, well, Roger. That's, that's what we vote them for. Yeah. Yeah. Thank okay. you, pal. Appreciate Bye. it. Harold's on the phone. Hi, Harold. Hi there. How are you? Good. What do you think? I think that maybe the federal government has to step up. They're pretty quick to step up to all the terrorists and hand out tens of millions of dollars. And they can't do much for their own people here in uh, Winnipeg and Manitoba, Canada. Uh, maybe it's time they had a look inside and uh, inside their own souls and uh, see what uh, what they can do for for their own country. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you, you're talking about giving money to terrorists. I mean, it's sort of apples and oranges. I get your point, though, uh, uh, Harold. I understand the point you're making. Somebody else just texted that in. I don't know. Maybe it was you. Uh, the the texture said no. says, uh, how come we can give one terrorist $10.5 million, but we can't help 900 people in northern yeah, Manitoba? So that's the that's yeah. the point you were making. Thanks yeah, a lot, Harold. Same idea. Same yeah. idea. Thanks, Bob. All okay. right. Bye-bye. Laureen. Yes, Laureen. Your thoughts on Churchill? Yes, I've been to Churchill on that railway as a vacation, best vacation we ever had. Churchill was amazing. We went to see the belugas. We also saw polar bears, the people, everything. But we were the only ones from Winnipeg in any 
tour group we went on. Nobody from Winnipeg was going to Churchill, and it's such a gem. It's it, it to lose it would be just a shame. Yeah, I agree. I, it's a rail line. It's 2018, and we're talking about a ridiculous rail line. I mean, you know, it's just a shame. I I feel so bad for David Daly and everybody up there because, you know, he kept using the word frustrated. I would be beyond frustrated at this point. They've been deserted. Yes, absolutely. It We can't lose it. We just can't. Yeah. Thanks for the call, Irene. Great call. Okay. Appreciate Bye. it. And Bob, Bob, what did you want to say about Churchill? Well, first of all, with the rail line there, Hal, and the port, that gentleman who said, well, the port is closed, Omnitrax owns the port. It's them who did not solicit and market the port for grain or any other uh, product. And as far as the rail line, as far as I'm concerned, the federal government should be saying Omnitrax has abandoned that line. They should just take it over, nationalize it if they have to. Yeah, and, and sue them later. Sue them later. Exactly. Yep. And the thing is, is I think Trudeau is figuring there's not enough votes up there. Notice how he went for the, the floods in B.C. He went to uh, New Brunswick. I haven't seen him up in Churchill once to see what's going on. And yep. the government should be helping them. As far as that burnt-out bakery, they could send up a couple of Hercules aircraft with all the lumber, etc. Let our Air Force help them out. There's an airstrip up there. Get going. Get yeah. off the ass and quit holding the people for ransom. I agree. It's been a year. Thank you very much, Bob. I appreciate Thanks, it. Sir. Hey, Richard, Joe, I see you guys on the phone. Hang on. we got to take a break here. 148, Hal Anderson on CJOB. We really need to get this sorted out as quickly as we can. Every day now is a lost day to repair this line, to get a freight train coming and to get um, uh, the via train back so that we can get a, you know, a, a, our travel back for our affordability and our accessibility to this community. David Daly, president of the Chamber of Commerce up in Churchill, just spoke with him. Back to the phones, 204-780-6868. I'm going to see if I can squeeze everybody in here. We've got Richard, uh, Guy, Orgi, Joe, and Gil. Richard, we'll start with you. What did you want to say about Churchill? Hi, Hal. Haven't talked to you for uh, a little while. Oh, glad you're calling. Uh, hi, Hal. Hi, glad you're calling. Go ahead, Richard. Okay. We can't seem to get the uh, federal government on board with this. Uh, we don't seem to be getting very much help from the provincial government. Uh, Omnitrax is an American company, is it not? You know, I'm not sure on that, to be honest with you. Okay, I think it's... Yeah, I think they're out, of, they're out of Denver, I think, yeah. Yeah, Anyway, so there's the Americans. They're not interested. Uh, so what I'm thinking is maybe we should contact some other uh, foreign investors, uh, such as the Russians. I'm sure Vladimir Putin would love to have uh, a uh, Russian naval base at Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, you're making, I get the point you're making. Listen, I think we just need to do something for these people. Get the rail line up and running because they've waited a year now. They've been very patient. And then sue whoever you're going to sue later on. I think the feds played this one all wrong. That's just my thought, Richard. But, hey, thanks yeah, a lot. Thanks a lot but, for calling. I want to I try and squeeze the others in here, okay? I want to make one point, though, Quickly, Hal. quickly. If there was, if there was uh, some indication that we were contacting somebody like Russia, I'm sure the Americans would be jumping up and down real fast. All right, Richard, thank you. Guy, Guy, what did you want to say about Churchill? Yes, Hal, I just wanted to make a quick comment. Yeah. I believe 
for a far less money than it would cost to renovate the line completely so it could take you know 100 ton box cars mm. 100 or 150 at a time yeah. if they could do something more temporary where they could reinstitute passenger service and perhaps use lighter diesels and move perhaps 20 cargo or 20 cargo cars at mm, a time. Yeah. At least get them going. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, and, it, and we're a year later and we're saying, let's get them going, right? I mean, by this, they could have had it fixed and things could have been back to normal. But you make a good they point. Could've. You make a good point, Guy. Let's just get on this. Let's, let's get something going here. Uh, Guy, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And, Gil, last caller, quickly. I, I just wanted to say that uh, I, I believe that uh, – government should be ashamed of themselves they're taking better care of illegal border jumpers than they are original canadians canadians are number one every day all day thank you Gil. Yep. all right i appreciate the call sir thank you very much two o'clock global news coming right up hal anderson on cjob Thank you very much, Savannah. Savannah Piers uh, filling in for Tristan Field-Jones. Savannah, by the way, just got a text message from Rod here, something you may want to check on in the newsroom. I'd love to. 204 How? Part of Fernbank Avenue blocked off. Fire trucks, Manitoba Hydro Trucks 2. Firefighter told me gas line may have been hit. Fence installers are there as well. That one's from Rod. Okay, Rod. I'll check it out. Fernbank Avenue uh blocked off apparently maybe they've uh, hit a gas line there so thank you rod appreciate all your tips uh by the way uh we'll leave churchill alone now for a little while but i started the show today by asking you where i can find the best hot dog i took a drive on on monday holiday monday out to lockport and i wanted to swing by and get a hot dog at half moon it was kind of at the end of our day and everybody was anxious to get home but i pulled in to get a a hot dog and it was jam-packed i would have been there for too long. Not enough time for us, anyhow. And so I skipped the hot dog. So I said, hey, well, where where can I go on the way home tonight? Don't tell my wife, but I might swing by and get a hot dog somewhere. And I've got some text messages I'll get to in a second and some people on the phone here. Uh, 204-780-6868. Hello, CJOB. Hi, Al. It's Larry from down the street from where you, you live. Hey, Larry. I'm 70 years old, and since I was about 15 or 16, the best hot dogs I could find in Winnipeg are at the Dairy Whip on Marion Street by the Marion Hotel. Now, I've never had a hot dog there. I've had many burgers, but never a hot dog there. I'll have to try that. Well, you'll have to try their hot dogs. They are just fantastic. Huh. Good to know. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, you're welcome. Take care. Hello, Geep. Hello. Is that Hal? Yes, it is. Best hot dog. Where do I go? Dairy Whip on Marion Street. You know, isn't that funny? I just had a listener tell me the same thing, so there must be some truth to this. Oh, I love hot dogs, and they are my favorite. Wow. All right. I might have to swing by the Dairy Whip tonight. All right. Do that. Thank you, Geek. You're welcome. And a text message here from Lauren, 204-780-6868. Best hot dog, Hal. Big Hal's big dogs. Thank you very much, Lauren. Appreciate that. My pal's the Walsh Brothers. I have one of my carts out this summer. I'll find out where it's at. I'm not even sure where they, they're checking out locations. Uh, I'll see if I can track down where they're at, and I'll let you know, because there, there is, listen, I'm not saying I have the best hot dogs, but there was a lot of research that went in, <laughs> that wave, you know what I mean, that went into uh, making sure my hot dogs are good. Sherry says, 204-780-6868. How? Costco hot dogs. They are good at Costco. And a pretty good price, too. They've got those 
kind of those Polish uh, uh, sausage uh, hot dogs. They're good. Dan by text at 204-780-6868 says, How I vote Salty's in Winnipeg Beach. Now, there's another place that I've been to many times. Of course, my cottage is up in Winnipeg Beach, and I have never had a hot dog at Salty's, so I'm going to have to try that. Uh, Cindy says, How best hot dogs in Winnipeg. Awesome dog, Portage and Carlton. Yeah, know them well. Very good hot dogs. And here's another vote. For a Costco hot dog from Greg. So keep them coming. Oh, here they're pouring in now. Rob says, Whistle Dog, Transcona. Five Guys, Bacon Cheese Dog, Hal. Hmm. Another vote for Dairy Whip. Another vote for Dairy Whip. Um, and then somebody's saying that the Dairy Whip hot dogs are similar to the discontinued Whistle Dogs at A&W. That's right. I remember having Whistle Dogs as a kid. Absolutely. Well, there you go. Uh, if you want to weigh in on the hot dog uh, conversation, 204-780-6868. Oh, we got a bunch of people on the phone here now wanting to talk hot dogs. That's fine. Whatever you want to talk about. Corey, 204-780-6868. Yes, Corey, best hot dog. Hey, Hal. Okay, so here's the right answer. So I used to be 520 pounds. So listen, my hot dog judging skills are uh, up there. <laughs> yes. But- Superboy, Superboy's on Main. I haven't yeah. been there for a while. Cause, you know, I you know try not to eat that stuff anymore. But yeah, they good used for to you. Yeah, so. good for you. Yeah, and we got to try and avoid that stuff, Corey. You know, I drove by Superboy's the other night, and it was closed. And I thought, gee, I, I hope it's not closed permanently. But, uh, yeah, Superboy's is a good spot. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. And Luigi, where's the best hot dog, man? George's Burgers and Submarine. Big, long, sub-style. Cheese dog with chili, and it just hits the spot so good. Now, which George's location? The original ones, Morris, Manitoba, St. Mary's Road, Region Avenue, any of the George's. Okay, all All right, yep, yep. All right, thank you, Luigi, appreciate it. All right, thank you very much for all the hot dog talk. You can keep your thoughts coming on that if you want. 204-780-6868. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's uh, take a break. We will come back after a quick break here, and I want to play some uh, Mark Chipman clips for you. He had some interesting stuff to say on Mackling and McGarry this morning, now that the Jets have been eliminated from the playoffs. So we'll get into the Mark Chipman clips after a break. Hal Anderson, 209 now at CJOB. All right, uh, 2.14, coming up on quarter after two. It's Hal Anderson Afternoons here on CJOB. Tell your friends, tell all your friends about Hal Anderson Afternoons. Please, I need you to do that for me, please. Uh, Mark Chipman was on CJOB this morning with Mackling and McGarry. Take a listen. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're very grateful that we got to go as far as we did, but uh, the further you go, um, you know, the more it stings when when – uh, when it ends, and uh, so um, you know, we're, we'll dust ourselves off here. And uh, I mean, much of the work for next year is already long since begun. Our, our amateur draft group uh, was you know was in town uh, all of last week, and they're all already getting ready for for the draft. And and uh, there's lots. Of, this is our busiest time of year. It really is from both a business and a hockey perspective. So there's lots of work to be done, and hopefully that'll uh, you know, take our minds off the fact that uh, the season ended so abruptly. 
Mark Chipman on M&M this morning. Nice to hear from Mr. Chipman, the executive chairman of True North and the Jets. Now that the Jets are out of the playoffs, their season is over. Good run, though. Great run. Uh, Chipman also talked about the passion he saw from fans during the playoff run. What's been noticed the most uh, is just that, is, is how passionate our community uh, and our fans are for uh, for the game and for our team. I, I mean, you know, um, the team did well this year. There, there's no question about it, and, and uh, that, that would have perhaps uh, uh, caused people to uh, to take notice. And, um, you know, I, 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 it's been, it's kind of been a slow, steady build for us. So um, it, it wasn't something that was entirely unexpected from our perspective that we would you know, start to make some steps forward. But I think what, what I keep hearing about, and it, it, you know, again, this morning I wake up and the, the number of texts and emails that I get from people, from, from friends of mine that are, you know, no longer living here or uh, it, the theme has been absolutely the same is that how, um, you know, proud people are to, uh, to call Winnipeg home and, you know, to have been able to be, uh, you know, walking maybe a little bit more upright uh, wherever they are um, over the or have been over the past uh, five and a half weeks. Mark Chipman on CGOB this morning with Mackling and McGarry. A couple other things you talked about before I play, for me anyhow, the most interesting uh, clip of, of Mark Chipman. Uh, he also talked about uh, the whiteout street parties and how that's kind of what they're, they designed True North Square for, but of course he admitted... <laughs> The crowds we saw for the Whiteout Street Party would not fit in True North Square, but it's sort of that concept. So they were excited to see the Whiteout Street Parties do so well because that's kind of what they want to do with True North Square. And he also talked about uh, they had quite a bit of work uh, lined up for the rink, Bell MTS Place, and because the playoff run went so long, they won't have time for some of the more extensive work they had planned, and so they've had to pull back on that a bit. But that's kind of a good problem, right? We went so deep in the playoffs, we we don't have time to uh, do all the work we had planned, but they still plan on on some improvements. And then the most interesting part, and I give Greg Mackling credit, he asked about you know, the rising salary cap and the uh, Canadian dollar compared to the U.S. dollar. And I was really interested when Mark Chipman, after Greg asked the question, essentially opened up the team's books for us. I thought it was really an interesting comment from Mark Chipman. We're just going through our budgeting process right now for next year. And, and when in, in 2011, our, our payroll was about $55 million, uh, and the dollar was, even that year when we bought the team um, in Canadian dollars, we'll be almost twice that uh, going into next year. Um, we'll be well over a hundred in Canadian. And, uh, but fortunately, and uh, it's important people understand this, the, the, the collective bargaining agreement that we operate under um, has a, a built in mechanism for a market like ours that, uh, through uh, cost redistribution, really offsets a great deal of that foreign ex- exchange risk. And uh, a lot of our revenues, frankly, come in U.S. dollars, which I don't think people understand. Um, you know, all of the NHL uh, enterprise revenues from outdoor games and all-star games and, and, uh, and U.S. television come in U.S. dollars. So there's there are some, some very important ways to that or, or mechanisms that offset the um, the foreign exchange risk we deal with. So 
long story short, um, you know, we're, we're, we're on very solid footing and, and uh, we will be for many years to come. Mark. Yeah, and that was uh, Mark Chipman this morning. Fix that mic switch. Uh, Mark Chipman this morning with Mac Link and McGarry here on CJOB. By the way, today, interesting, today is um, World Turtle Day. Who knew? Who knew there was a World Turtle Day? It's today. It's World's Orienteering Day today. It's Declaration of the Bab Day. It's Emergency Medical Services for Children Day. It's Lucky Penny Day. It's Taffy Day. And it's World Crohn's and Colitis Day, in case you're wondering uh, what today is. All right, we've got some more phone calls and text messages. Um, Winnipeg and Manitoba's best hot dog. Let's go to the phone here, 204-780-6868. Tammy, where is the best hot dog, please? Uh, Big Fellas in Beauxjeux. Big Fellas in Beauxjeux. Now we're going outside the perimeter. I have never eaten anything at Big Guys in Beauxjeux. You have to go have a hot dog there. They rock. One hot dog, I guarantee, will fill you up. Okay. Now, is it Big Guys or Big Fellas? Big Fellas. Big Fellas. Okay. Big Fellas in Beauxjeux. Tammy, thanks a lot. You're welcome. All right. And Jack is on the phone. Hi, Jack. How are you doing? Good. Best bur- uh, best hot dog. If you're out of Winnipeg and you're in Grand Beach area, yep. I don't know if it's still there, but it's a place called Lanky's. Yes. Yep. They have yep. hot dogs that are two feet long. Yes. I believe they are still there. You know, uh, several years ago, I almost bought the place next door to it, and then I found out how popular that place was, and I said, well, I'm not buying. I'm not yeah. buying. I'm not going to set up shop next to those guys. Yes. No, I've, uh, I've never had their hot dog, but I heard it's very, very good. Well, they're loaded with chili, onions, the works, right? Oh, man. I'm getting I, hungry, I never, Jack. I don't know about you, but I'm getting hungry here, and we're still I a few. I remember in my younger days, I, <laughs> I ate two of those. Oh, no. And yeah. I wondered why I was so full, but I, I, I thought about it. I said, if you put them end to end, I just ate four feet of hot dog. <laughs> You're right, exactly. So that's why I was so full. Ridiculous. Yeah, we're still a few hours away from dinner here, and I'm getting all hungry. One more call. Bill, best hot dog, Bill. Okay, there's a guy at Home Depot on McPhillips. He's got a hot dog cart. Has the best Browarist hot dogs. Really? Yeah. I always like okay. it when a food story starts with, there's this guy. <laughs> yeah. no, nothing like street meat. Nothing like street meat. And he'll even sell you the wheat, sell you the the wiener, the sausages to make your own. Wow. All right, Bill. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah. I'm loving the calls about the best hot dog in uh, Winnipeg and in uh, in Manitoba. It is funny when you know it's going to be a good story when you're talking about food, first of all. I mean, you know, anything else, fine, but food, when they the person you're talking to leans into you and just kind of quietly goes, there's this guy. <laughs> and you're just like, oh boy, here we go. Right? I mean, uh, I don't know about you, I, I've done some traveling in my time and we used to always hit some pretty interesting street meat places, but uh, my, my uh, well, I guess now 54-year-old stomach just does not like that. Goes, what are you doing? But anyhow, it's fun talking about food. But I am starving now. Thank you very much, by the way, for all of that. Um, I got to mention a couple things here uh, that we were we were talking with David Daly, the uh, president of the Churchill Chamber, earlier about um, the fact that it's one year ago today that the rail line washed out, and they're still sitting there going, "What's going on?" 
Now, I said to David, it does seem like maybe there's a bit of light at the end of the train tunnel. He says, yeah, we've been hearing that, you know, forever. But the mayor yesterday of Churchill did say that there's a group up there, a consortium that's looking at, you know, maybe buying the rail line. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. The feds are, uh, you know, in this lawsuit with Omnitrax, but we'll see. But I got a bunch of text messages here. We had a bunch of calls, but I got a bunch of text messages here I have not read yet. So why don't we uh, get to those and uh, put a bow on the Churchill story, okay? Uh, Text message 204-780-6868. Hey, Hal, how about we harness some of the people power of the Winnipeg Whiteout and call for an awareness party and fundraiser to pay for the aircraft to help those folks, let them know Winnipeg and all of Manitoba is thinking of them and wish to get involved by bringing loud awareness. Thank you for that. I'll mention names if there are names on these because I've got several here. Hal, if the rear line to Churchill is so important to the people in Churchill, maybe they should pay to fix the rail line. Seriously? Let me just give you an example. Let's say there was a road that led to your house. Let's just say it's five miles. And you pay your taxes, and that road uh, gets washed out. Really? You're going to pay to fix that five-mile road? Or is it the government's responsibility Uh, because uh, you're a taxpayer. I would say it's the government's responsibility. Uh, You know, we're not talking about one person in a road here to their house. We're talking about thousands and tens of thousands of people up there uh, that are uh, affected in that part of the province. Another text message here. I travel to Gimli every day, Hal. I notice a lot of Hercules aircraft doing uh, touch-and-go training. Why don't they get material to Churchill as a training mission? Some good ideas here. Derek, maybe Churchill needs to stop sending taxes to the federal and provincial governments to make a stand with their issues. Hit the government in the pocketbook to get noticed and get action. Hal, we need the feds to fix this line now. I have written the feds many times over the last year to fix the line and worry about who pays later. Uh, Tons of money all over this needs to get done. That's from Martha. Uh, Kyle says, what my fellow Manitobans need to realize is that we don't have the political significance of other provinces. If this were to happen in a town in northern Quebec... The federal government would be fixing it long ago. If we want this fix, we Manitobans are going to have to do it ourselves. I'll read as many as I can here. We're almost out of time. Uh, News at 2.30 here in just a bit. Brent says, this is the perfect example of the government losing sight of what most people believe what their responsibility is. Fix the line. They need to stop all the other more important issues that they have their hands in. Bill says, Hal, I think I read in the newspaper a couple weeks ago that there's a Chinese megacorporation that's interested in taking over the rail line, rebuilding it, and reopening the port so they can ship canola and other things over to China. Why not let them go with it? Well, if something like that's in the works, sure, but let's get the rail line fixed and then do that deal later. These people have been waiting a year. Casey uh, these rest, oh, that's uh, about a different subject. Rest stops, which we are going to get to actually. Casey, I'm going to get to your text message after the news here at 2 30 because Terry Shaw is going to join us from the Manitoba Trucking Association and we'll talk about the province uh, looking at getting rid of these rest stops along highways. All right, so hang on, that's coming up after the news here on Hal Anderson Afternoons.
Thank you, Savannah. Savannah Pierce filling in for Tristan Field Jones, 233. It's Hal Anderson on CJOB. And joining us on the phone now, Terry Shaw, the CEO of the Manitoba Trucking Association. Terry, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Hi, Hal. So I wanted to get, uh, because I think this really will impact, uh, my feeling is, this will impact truckers uh, more than anybody. The province looking at maybe getting rid of some of these rest stops or rest areas. Uh, one that's been talked about a lot is the Pine Grove rest area, which is the only one between here and uh, the Ontario border on the Trans-Canada Highway. And there's actually an online petition uh, to save that particular rest stop. Uh, I imagine these rest stops are important to truckers, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, they're critical pieces of public infrastructure. Um, our industry for, for years, and we've yet to have this conversation specifically with the current provincial government, but for years, um, you know, we've stated that, um, you know, access to rest areas that can accommodate commercial vehicles that operate on the hours commercial vehicles operate, i.e. 24-7, 365, you know, that are safe and secure for our commercial vehicle operators are critical pieces of infrastructure in terms of, uh, you know, just human comfort, let alone uh, road safety um, and other, you know, kind of economic, um, you know, supply chain type considerations, right? Yeah. Let me uh, play a real quick clip here, 12 seconds or, or something like that, of Infrastructure Minister Ron Schuler. Here's what he says. Because we're finding that, especially families with young children, uh, they want a little bit more service than just uh, a washroom. And uh, those are provided by, by gas stations and restaurants along the way. Now, that may work for families. Uh, but listen, when there is an accident and it involves a truck, we're, one of the first things that gets brought up, even before we know it's even uh, you know a part of the story, is, well, how much sleep did the driver get? That doesn't necessarily work for truck drivers, does it, Terry? No. Uh, again, we appreciate the um, you know kind of commercial infrastructure that's out there, gas stations, truck stops, et cetera, and we rely on them heavily. There are other alternatives in the area that aren't 24-7, 365, that are privately owned and operated, and so, you know, who may require purchase or other, um, you know, kind of interactions uh, before truck drivers can utilize those facilities. Um, but at the end of the day, Outside of the safety concerns, there are just the practical logistical concerns. Our drivers um, plan their time and trucking companies um, plan their, you know, driver's time to the minutes and hours. You know, um, there is not enough um, rest area infrastructure available right now. And so what we have is trucking companies deciding whether they're putting on productive miles between customers or unproductive miles driving around trying to find areas to rest and sleep. Um, that will align or um, kind of not waste the available hours of service we have in a day. Has this Pallister government approached you then as an association on this issue or not, Terry? Uh, unfortunately not. We have been in communication with them once we learned um, about this closure, and we've had some informal conversations, and we do appreciate that. Um, we have encouraged them, again, um, that um, consultation or, or communication in advance is, is certainly our preference, and I believe it's theirs too. So I don't think it was by design um, that communications in regards to this issue unfolded the way they did. Um, but uh, we certainly have some concerns uh, about the closure of this rest stop. Is this specific location 
a critical location? Not necessarily. We haven't gone to our members yet, so we don't have that answer. We will be soliciting that information from our members coming. But the simple fact is, despite the alternatives, we are reducing the availability of rest areas for commercial trucks, and that's a problem. Yeah, I think this story actually bubbled up on social media, first of all, and so the government maybe kind of got hit with the story before it really wanted anything out there, and and so I appreciate you saying that that maybe that's not the way they wanted it to happen, but I know you've been frustrated in the past by this government not talking to you ahead of time, and so kind of another example of that. Um, again, I, I, I believe unintended, mm. um, and so you know we are going to uh, sit down and have a specific conversation with them about rest areas going forward. Uh, there is a, a bunch of information available um, in regards to the trucking industry's um, concern about lack of rest areas, etc. Um, it is not a, a Manitoba issue; it is a North American issue. Um, it is well documented, so uh, it's something we need to you know, work with our government on. Terry, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. Thanks for the concern, Hal. Terry Shaw is uh, with the Manitoba Trucking Association. He is the CEO of the Manitoba Trucking Association. And other than truckers calling in and commenting on this issue, I hadn't really heard from uh, the Trucking Association, thought it was important that we get Terry on uh, with his thoughts. And, of course, uh, your thoughts are welcome. 204-780-6868. Hal at cjlb.com. Don, I'll get to you in a second. I see you there. But let me read this uh, text message I started reading before the news from Casey. 204-780-6868. Hal, these rest stops have showers and a place to relax and rest. Everything is e-log now. You have to pull over and you have to log your time off as well. Not all these trucks are equipped with fridges and means to heat up food or keep food cold. Uh, Sure do expect a lot for those putting our lives on the line and to not just validate their human beings and need rest stops to park. That one's from Casey and Don on the phone. Don, what did you want to say? Yeah, I just want to echo what the CEO said there. I mean, going west from Winnipeg to to uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, all the way to Regina, there is no actual official rest stop. These turnpikes that run, I don't know if you know what a turnpike is, the mm-hmm. dual trailer, yeah. one tractor. Right. That, that is against the law to be sitting on the shoulder to do a service check or a place to check. And naturally, because there's no rest areas, the guy's going to do water the grass or cool down the tires, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Right. At the same time, and that's illegal too. Yeah. So we need more, like he says, in North America, it's an issue with more and more trailers running double from here to Calgary and Saskatoon and Edmonton. There's no places for these to legally pull off and, and or get a bite to eat and or take a quick shower. Even if it's a buck to take a shower, more guys would, would love that or a buck every two minutes or three minutes. Uh, you know, sort of a pay-as-you-go. I can't see anybody having a problem with that because it's to go to a truck stop, it's anywhere from 8 to $15, and if you buy fuel, well, then you get it for free. But, yeah. you know, no, I, I, uh, I, yeah, I started the show out today saying that, listen, you know, we've, we've elected this government to cut, and this is maybe an area that needs to be cut. And then, you know, as I uh, I gave it some thought, I and that's why I wanted to have Terry on, Terry Shaw from the Manitoba Trucking Association, because 
you know, maybe it doesn't work for truckers, right? Maybe the a family on a trip can find a gas station and pull over. Or they can pull off on a side road like I do if I'm on a road trip back to Alberta to see my mom or or whatever. But it doesn't necessarily work for truckers. And so I, I that's why I thought it was important we have Terry on. Yeah, not at all. Like, I mean, in Ontario, you can legally pull off the highway and pitch a tent. You can't do that in Manitoba. So mm-hmm. there it's not a problem. We're like, well, I've gone out fishing trips there and we found a gravel pit to park the trailer and go fish in a lake. Nobody says nothing and it's all totally fine. But yeah. in Manitoba, if you're not in a, in a legalized campground area, mm-hmm. you'll get uh, jacked up out and out of there. Yeah. Don, and thanks a lot just- for, uh, thanks a lot for the call, Don. I've got Tony on the phone now. Tony, what did you want to say? Yeah, talking about truck stops. If you're coming in from Thunder Bay, uh, you got the town of Dryden that's got the uh, Dryden uh, truck stop uh, for parking overnight. A lot of them park in the Walmart there. Coming into uh, uh, Manitoba, you got yep. the uh, out in Prada, you got the SO there. It's a big truck stop uh, with facilities, but it's not open 24 hours a day except uh, the. Uh, one out at Deacon's Corner there, which is open twenty four seven. Yeah, and well, and that about- and that's kind of the point that uh, that Terry made from the Trucking Association that when these guys have to stop and take a break, they got to stop and take a break. If something's not twenty four hours, they can't necessarily go another hundred kilometers down the road, right? When they got to stop, they got to stop. So yeah. I, I just think it's important that before and 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 they will be consulted. It sounds like there's conversations now between the province and the Trucking Association, but I think those are people you need to talk to before you start, uh, you know, getting rid of rest stops, right? Well, if you got one driver, the maximum uh, amount of time is 13 hours driving. Mm. And then he's got to stop for uh, an eight-hour period. But the only thing about some of these truckers, when uh, you're driving a car at 100K uh, coming into uh, Manitoba, these truckers are doing 120, 125. So there's a hazard right there. Yeah, well, which is kind of off issue. But I appreciate the call, Tony. Thank you very much. And Kevin, Kevin, what did you want to say? Al, a pleasure to hear your voice again. Hope all is well. Um, you know, something over 20 years of doing this throughout this country. Dispatchers dispatch you out at certain times so you can make your destinations right. or where you need to stop. Number two, if you're a driver, you're a professional driver, or you're just starting out now, a little bit of hint for all of you, be prepared. Go get yourself a plug-in cooler. Get yourself a little microwave so you can have your things set up. Have a plastic bag, and I don't care where you go, bring some toilet paper with you. <laughs> you know? That way you have basically what you need until you get to your fuel stop where you can shower and change. It's that simple. We yep. don't need to get rid of what we have here right now. That one over the uh, Manitoba-Saskatchewan border that's been there for years. Keep that thing up. Maybe fix it up a little bit. But uh, to take all this stuff away, no. And for the drivers that are just starting out, be prepared. All right, Kevin. I, I'm sorry, Kevin. I got to cut you off there because I got to take a break, and I got a couple of text messages I got to read here. Uh, Hal, Chris here, trucking guy says it's a North American issue. The U.S. has much better rest stops than Canada. As soon as you cross the border, going south, within 30 minutes, you run into the first of many rest stops. You know what? That's a good point. I've noticed that too. Now that you bring it up, uh, you can drive for hours in Manitoba and not see a place to stop. Rest stop. Rest stops are needed badly here in Canada, especially in Manitoba. So I. Uh, find it a Canadian problem that needs some serious attention. And Casey says, Centerport Highway, Centerport Regina, Centerport Toronto, etc. The trucking industry is increasing and you're going to take away a place to rest? Question mark, exclamation mark. 
And uh, one more here on Churchill. I'll just uh, – oh, and uh, Jason, one more on the uh, rest stop. Jason says, I pass that rest stop every weekend, Hal. Always busy. I say keep it open. And a quick Churchill uh, text message here. Hal, how come no one is talking about building an all-weather road to Churchill? I think it would be beneficial for the people and the port industry. Thanks. By the way, um, Marko Ekovic, my friend there over at uh, Polar Industries, I sent him a text message today because I was curious to know about that. Remember, he was the guy that had the sleds and did the all-weather all winter road up to uh, Churchill. I was hoping to get an update from him, but I have not heard back from him. All right, 245. Jammed it all in. Good. Quarter to three. Hal Anderson on CJOB. And by the way, uh, getting reports uh, by text here, 204-780-6868 from various people, including Casey, that gas prices are starting to go up. Uh, Casey says he's seeing them as high as a buck 31 a liter out there. Still some lower than that, but uh, Casey's seeing gas prices on the rise. And I've got a couple other people suggesting that's happening as well. So you may want to fill up sooner than later. Gas prices uh, could be on the rise again. Uh, so we're. Uh, I've got a couple of people that I know that are uh, nervous about this uh, possible strike by um, uh, the pilots over at WestJet. No news is, is I guess, so far good news because we're not really uh, getting any uh, any news on it. But uh, definitely there are some people uh, worried about it. I just wanted to update you on that. Um, there is an independent aviation analyst by the name of Rick Erickson that we've been talking to lately here at CJOB. He says the possibility of a pilot strike continues over at WestJet. Uh, first of all, he says we don't really even know what is at the center of this dispute. The issues around unions are always involving compensation, work conditions, job security. These are the three main big points uh, that that, uh, that unions bring to bear in negotiations. Honestly, nothing has been said in public yet. So uh, is it a compensation issue? Are they making less money than their counterparts at Air Canada? Probably. One of the ways WestJet's uh, done that in the past to to kind of top up is their uh, stock options. And, of course, they do have a profit share. Do they make the same as Air Canada? Hard to say. Uh, Again, it's not not, not, wide public knowledge. I think work conditions are probably creeping into this. Uh, You know, pilots finding themselves stuck out on the end, edge, edges of the uh, network and then having to lay over in, in some you know little centers that they're probably less enthused about for a day or two before they go back to work again. That could be an issue. Job security, I think, is a big one. Uh, job security is, uh, uh, you know, as, as we do know, WestJet is starting an ultra-low-cost carrier. They're going to call themselves uh, Swoop. Uh, it's an in-house airline. And they have been going out and hiring some pilots who are not part of the WestJet family. And I think that's a big sticking point. So take your pick. Uh, any one of those three key areas is what's, where the negotiations are probably revolving around. And there's probably one or two of them that are really sticky points. But when all is said and done here, Erickson does not think, he does not think there will be a strike by pilots at WestJet. I think the, the WestJet management, the last thing they want is to have this. 
um, because they're starting up so many new things right now. That uh, that that swoop airline I, t- I talk about, the seven eight seven. You know, those aircraft will be coming early into next year. It'll be a major international operation uh, with that fleet. Uh, they've got a, another uh, small regional carrier with only you know with aircraft that only have 35 seats. Uh, they're trying to do trying to get that up and running over this next month or so. So an awful lot on their plate, and I don't think I think a disruption, a, a service disruption, would be a massive problem for them. So I think the management is really really keen not to do this. I think too, uh, even although these you know, pilots are unionized, I think they're still part of that you know WestJet culture that really gets ingrained into into the uh into the you know the the whole operation on the on the part of the workers i think there's some of that out there as, as well too and i think some of the pilots would be uncomfortable uh you know having having their customers you know have severe problems travel wise in this country because they've gone on strike mm-hmm. so i think uh, i think we're going to see a, a resolution of this and probably some announcement over the next 2 3 days that is uh rick erickson independent aviation analyst he was on mackling and McGeary this morning and let's hope that he is right let's hope there is no pilot strike over at westjet of course keep it here on cjob for the very latest. Quick text message here before we have to break for the news at 3. Hal, don't know if you've been told this, but on Clarence Avenue at the Waverly Lights, a second semi-trailer has become detached from the semi-truck and trailer, which was pulling it. The truck and trailer are on Waverly, right-hand lane between Clarence and McGilvery. Odd sight to see. So a truck and trailer, a truck and two trailers, has lost one of its trailers. So keep that in mind. Clarence Avenue at the Waverly Lights, and we will start checking traffic after 3 o'clock, about 3.15, with Matt Abra. So hang on for that. We're coming up on the news at 3 here. Savannah Pierce will have the latest for you, and uh, then we'll uh, go into a, a few different things. Uh, I've got uh, a gentleman wanting to talk uh, more about hot dogs. So, hey, if you want to talk about it, we'll mix it in the show today. Best hot dog in Winnipeg and Manitoba, your call's at 204-780-6868. You can text that number as well. And you can always email me, hal at cjob.com. Thank you very much. All right. Why does it only do that with me? What is it about me, I don't know, but you do. That does happen to you occasionally. Did you just see me? I hit it. And then, I don't know why it does that. It's not your fault, I'm sure. You know, it's so nice to have somebody at work, like I have at home, that laughs at me when when I screw up. That's my favorite thing about Savannah. She just, she just, you're an idiot. <laughs> I love that about Savannah. You're doing great. I love Thank it. Thank you. Nice having you here, Savannah, filling Thank in you. for Tristan Field-Jones. It is tough trivia time. I kind of almost forgot about doing the trivia. We've been uh, talking so much about hot dogs, and we've been talking about uh, Churchill and the rest stops. Here's the question. For Santa Lucia Pizza, 204-780-6868. That's the number to call right now. Get a spot. I'm going to get 10 lines. 204-780-6868. Get a spot. Here is the question. About 30... No, I don't want to do that one. I'm going to do a different one. Mm, research shows that just touching one of these can make you calmer. Touching what? Research shows that just touching one of these can make you calmer. It'll calm you down just by touching one of these. 204 780 6868, 204-780-6868 for Santa Lucia Pizza. All you got to do is get that right, and you're in. Hi, have you got a guess? Is it another human? 
Not another human. No. Uh-uh. Hi, CGO Beep. Yeah, uh, Global. Not another human. No. Uh, no. Hi, CGO Beep. Hi, is that cold water? Not cold water. No. Hi, CGO Beep. Hi. How about an animal? Not an animal. No. Uh, research shows that just by touching one of these, it makes you calmer. It calms you down. Just touch one, and it calms you right down, according to research. 204-780-6868. Hi, CGOB. Hi, is it a pet? It is not a pet. Nope. Good guess, though. My uh, my Hershey calms me down. Hi, CJOB. No. Hello. Is it your child? Is it your child? Not your child. No. Research shows that just by touching one of these, it calms you down. Hi. Hi. Is it a dog? Not a dog. We had a pet or a dog already. Hi, CJOB. Is it a pillow? Not a pillow, no. It's kind of funny. Uh, I can't take your text messages or your emails, right? you got to call in your guesses. But I do get some pretty good guesses by text or email sometimes. Somebody said, Hal, a $1,000 bill. Yeah, that would calm me down, too, if somebody put a $1,000 bill there for me to touch. Not the correct answer, and you can't text in your guesses. Sorry. Hi, CJOB. Have you got a guess? A healing stone? No, although uh, my wife would be going, yep, you're right. Yes, the healing stone. Those are, uh, my wife's into those big time. Hi, CJOB. Have you got an idea? Uh, holding someone's hand? Not holding someone's hand, no. Uh, boy, I'm trying to give a hint, and I, I can't think of a good hint without giving it away. Research shows just by touching one of these, you feel calmer. Touching what? Hi. Hello. What's your guess? CJOB. Yep. Uh, blanket? Not a blanket. No. Hi, CJOB. Is it a baby? Not a baby. No. Hi, CJOB. Yeah, houseplant? Research shows that just by touching a houseplant, yes. Just by just by touching that houseplant, it will calm you down. Yes. What is your name? David. Got some Santa Lucia pizza for you, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoy that very much. Yes, you enjoy that. And speaking of good food, and boy, Santa Lucia uh, got some good food. John has been very patient, waiting on the phone here. We've been asking you today, uh, who has the best hot dog? Best hot dog out there in Winnipeg and Manitoba. John is 204-780-6868. Hello. Hi, Al. How are you? Have you ever had a hot dog in Montreal? No, never had a hot dog in Montreal. Okay, a place called the Montreal Pool Room on St. Lawrence. You'll never, ever beat that hot dog. They're steamed dogs. Yeah, now, you know, that's what's kind of interesting, right? Because most of the hot dogs we get at hot dog carts in Winnipeg are barbecued. But in yeah. New York, for example, and I guess in Montreal, is what you're telling me, there's yeah. they're steam dogs. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they just steam them, and I think in New York they still they still sell them for like a buck a piece. It's cheap. Uh, and the steam, it's not because it's expensive. The steam takes the uh, uh, the flavor out and brings it right out into the bud. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. Uh, I've got an other- old uh, I've got an old uh, steamer cart that was on the streets of Winnipeg back in the '80s, I believe. And you know what it sold? It sold tacos. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I've got it, and I'm going to convert it over to a hot dog cart. But, yeah, an old steamer cart that sold tacos. Oh, not bad. Yeah. Uh, you know the other thing that uh, we don't have here no more? Huh. Smoked meat. Oh, smoked meat. Yeah. Hmm. Allergies. 
Yeah. As hot, not like your corned beef. Right. Meat, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, John, listen, I got to run here, pal, but thanks a lot. Nice talking to you. Same here. Bye-bye. All right, and uh, other best hot dog uh, suggestions rolling in here. Uh, somebody else's Costco, Salisbury House apparently has a, a great hot dog platter. Uh, somebody says Blondie's up on Main. I, I didn't, he wasn't even aware Blondie's was still open. That's the place with the big burger. Uh, Pie's Diner in Norway House. Yeah, well, I'm not going to head to Norway House uh, for the best uh, hot dog. I'm dying for a good hot dog, but I, I won't be heading out there. Um, Hal surprised me this is from Mike. Hal surprised me completely, but Henderson Burger near the Israeli and Redwood Bridges has a great hot dog. Hmm? Sometimes that's where you find that stuff, right? Where you least expect it. Uh, Kevin says Superboys on North Main. We've had other votes for that. And then, of course, yes, Jets Dog. Don says, Hal, a Jets Dog. Got to take a break here. 313 coming up on quarter after three. We'll check traffic and the weather. Stay right there. All right, 318, couple minutes here. Um, got a text message, no name on this one. We just had John on talking about uh, hot dogs and uh, the difference between uh, steamer dogs and barbecue hot dogs. Uh, Montreal's uh, and Tor- uh, Montreal and New York are big into this. And I think in, in New York you can still get a steamer dog for like a buck. But, of course, here most of the hot dog carts... Uh, they barbecue their their hot dogs. But John also mentioned uh, smoked meat. And a listener suggested that John check out uh, Sherbrooke Deli for some good smoked meat. So there you go, John. Suggestion for you. Let's uh, hit Dave on the phone. 204-780-6868. Hello, CJOB. Hello. Yes. This just for fun. Uh, you got a place in Winnipeg Beach. I'm across the lake. It's dredged, Dave. I'm on the other side. The best hot dog is the one when you sit around a fire and you cook it all by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's a pretty good hot dog. You're right. You're right. And even if it's no good, it's still good. (laughs) It's still good. Yeah. Falls in the ashes. It's still good. You wipe it off and throw it in the bun. Yeah. Just just for fun, buddy. That's all. (laughs) Thank you, Dave. Take care, bud. That's uh, Dredge Dave there over on the wrong side of the lake. Thank you, Dave, uh, for calling in. Appreciate that. Uh, by the way, I told you the Walsh brothers uh, have resurrected one of my big house, big dog carts. And I just talked to uh, George, and apparently he's outside the Concordia Hospital from 10 to 2 uh, this week. And he's hoping to stay there. But 10 to 2, Monday to Friday, Concordia Hospital. Big house, big dogs. Used to call me the dog father. Oh, yes, I know my hot dogs. Absolutely. Uh, Hal, by text here, 204-780-6868. Best hot dog, Hal VJ's on Main Street and the Half Moon in Lockport. Yep. Those are some good dogs. Uh, Hal, Home Depot, McPhillips, Heavenly Dogs. All right, Bill, thank you. And Keith, one more here. Uh, The Whistle Dog at Sophie's in Haddishville. He says he drives there from Winnipeg all the time just for the food. Sophie's in Haddishville. Whistle dog on the menu out there. So there you go. Um, thanks for all your uh, – I, I like doing fun questions like that once in a while. You know, we've got serious ones all the time at cjob.com. Usually they're they're serious. But I like just, uh, you know, throwing a question like that out and getting some good advice. I don't know about you, but when I'm listening to the radio and I hear people suggest places you might want to try, I try them out. I, that's – I what I do, and uh, hopefully uh, you do that as well. 
I don't know if you heard this or not. Uh, Full sports is coming up here in less than five minutes, by the way. But NFL owners have approved a new policy that requires players to stand during the playing of the national anthem in the U.S. Those who don't want to stand will be allowed to stay in the locker room. Players were not part of the discussions, and the NFL Players Association says it will challenge any part of the new policy that violates the collective bargaining agreement. U.S. President Donald Trump, of course, uh, furiously denounced former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick, who began kneeling during the anthem in 2016 to protest police brutality and racial inequality in the justice system. So there you go, NFL owners say, uh-uh, new policy says you must stand during the playing of the U.S. National Anthem. All right. And let's do uh, birthdays here quickly before we have to break. Give you the forecast, uh, sports and news. Joan Collins. Remember Joan Collins, Alexis on Dynasty? She's 85 today. Marvin Agler, the boxer, 64. Drew Carey is 60. Uh, Melissa McBride, not the one you're thinking of. Melissa McBride, she plays Carol on The Walking Dead, one of the best characters on The Walking Dead. She's 53 today. Uh, Phil Selway from Radiohead is 51. Matt Flynn from Maroon 5, 48 today. Jewel the Singer is 54. Uh, what else have we got here? I think that's pretty much it. Oh, and uh, Ryan Coogler, the director of the Black Panther movie, 32 today. Hal Anderson Afternoons on CJOB.